Please support the Climate Change and Happiness podcast. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com. The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Well, hello, I'm Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness. This is our podcast, the show for people around the globe who are thinking and feeling deeply about climate change and other environmental problems. And here we talk about the personal side, the emotional side of these issues, because that is an area that often doesn't have space in our lives. So we make space for this. We're not engineers. We're not uh, climate scientists. We're um, scholars and researchers and therapists and theologians, and we we kind of think about how it feels. And today we're um, we're talking about travel and we're talking about air flight and our different thoughts and feelings about this. It's the summer season as we're, we're recording. Right now we're recording in kind of high summer of the year 2023, this day. And so travel is a big part of people's lives in the Northern Hemisphere, often with holidays and things like that. And Panu and I have been talking about this in our own lives, and I know people are thinking about this, and I've got some examples of people that I've been working with who are struggling with some of their feelings about flying and travel, uh, including guilt and angst and ambivalence. Um, Panu, do you want to get us started on this big topic? Mm. Yeah, just listening to the sounds from my open window, I'm hearing a jet plane making its landing mm. towards the Helsinki Vantaa airport. So, so that's that's time timely. And travel and flight travel is an example of an area of life which has been quite heavily affected by climate change, at least psychologically and socially, or the combination of these psychosocially. So I live in Finland, next to us is Sweden, where the concept of Luke's come, flight shame is coming coming from, and today we'll talk mm. in a bit more nuance about various emotions and feelings. So shame might not be the most prevalent so-called negative emotion, but guilt might be actually much more prominent. But there's also lots of other emotions related to flying itself and the ethical dimensions of, of flying. That's quite complex and in- interesting and has also personal relevance for me. Um, travel has been very important for my life development or individuation mm. as as the old psychologists like Jung, Jung would, mm-hmm. would put it. But of course we want to be very clear about the certain privileged character of this topic. And globally we know that it's not a very large percentage of people who are doing the flying. And then those who are very, very wealthy unlike us to do even more of that flying. So we want to say that that out loud and mm. loud, loud, loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So privilege is a, is a thing we're going to start with. This is not everyone has the choice about flying for travel or vacation. Some people actually really even suffer to travel. It's a big um, financial outlay. They might go into debt. Um, some people need to travel to support their family or their um, relatives. They need to travel for health. And um, because of our system, we're spread out, you know, in order to be, have our connections and our health and our social support of the people that we love in the world, we need to travel to them. So there's a lot of buy-ins for people here. So the, the, so the, the topic of privilege itself is, is, is one to be curious about. Again, keeping in mind that there's a huge set from, from ultra-wealthy people that can maintain f private jets to the person that might travel to a place you know, once in their life or travel due to an emergency or due to, due to their basic, basic life needs, you know, basic relationship needs. Um, yeah, what else, Pane? What else is in your mind about this? Yeah, I think that's very, very true what you say, say Thomas, and complicates matters around proposals for more ethical balancing of flying, for example. Mm -hmm. Some thinkers have been uh, creative about a possible kind of flying budget for be people and that sort of thing. And well, anyway, it's very important to realize that that the courses may, may be very, very, very di different. And in scholarship, there's a growing interest on these also. So both for the reasons that people fly and the reasons why some people have reduced flying or a mar marginal number of people who have even stopped flying completely. And this goes into environmental ethics and climate, climate ethics and complex issues around ambivalence, for example. And it can be easily delineate good and bad or even in a binary form. In some earlier episodes we discussed purity dynamics and for example the book Against Purity uh, uh, which is which actually begins uh, by an experience on an airplane by the author. Mm -hmm. So ambivalence about flying is, is a to choosy topic for many kind, these kinds of things also. So against purity is what you're saying? The idea of being pure being um, uh, holy or perfect. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly. And whether in environmental ethics, that should be the goal. Uh, and then some some forms uh, of action and some forms of travel then easily uh, get different, you know, stamps from different pe people. Mm. Ale Alexis Shotwell is the author of this Against Purity. Living ethically in compromised times, times book, and her argument is that we shouldn't go into these uh, purity and discourses, uh, but instead recognize that it's very um, ambivalent, and then try mm. try to live ethically among the ambivalences. Okay, so that that might give us some some answers for the end of our episode, directions to go. You know, Panu and I talked a bit about this episode and how challenging it is. Um, it's a complex topic, you know, to them speaking to the, you know, to you listeners, you know, there's a lot here. The idea of travel itself, this idea of privilege is a concept, uh, is a, is a complex topic. Um, you know, all the feelings that you, people might have about flying like guilt or shame or, uh, ambivalence, like having multiple feelings at the same time, you know, 
that's part of a larger set of feelings about travel itself and um, touring and being a tourist, perhaps, and being a part of the tourism industry uh, and capitalism and sort of the whole marketing of places and, um, you know, the destruction of the environment that comes when people go to places that have been so-called undiscovered uh, and then flood them with tourists. And then, of course, the landscape gets impacted and the the water becomes impure and the animals are damaged. And when we think of, you know, tropical um, reefs, you know, that people might tour and, and go snorkeling and all these kinds of things. And of course, the, um, enter the kind of social media entertainment industry has, has um, supercharged this with um, Instagram and various things where people are always looking for very, um, as they say, Instagram worthy photos of themselves. So we have this whole tourism industry that I think some people feel, you know, uneasy about being a part of. But on the other hand, we want to go and we want to go to beautiful, we're drawn to beautiful places. Um, so it is, it is, it is complicated. And, and what do we deserve? Um, and why can't we have fun too? Let's, let's break out some of the feelings so people can really get a sense of all the different feelings that people are having around this. What do you think, Panu? Mm. Yeah. And a big part of this is, of course, related to the reasons why people travel and for some people it's more like the des destination but always the very fact that they are traveling usually has some some significance and that's a very ancient thing for humans of, of course and mm. and many things have been learned on travels and to use the jargon of anthropologists it's a sort of liminal space that you step out of the ordinary the everyday life and then sort of different kinds of things become if not possi possible but at least more probable you may mm -hmm. you have a different attitude towards people you may have a different attitude towards your en envi environment and and so there's a lot of that and for some people the act of flying itself uh, causes feelings of awe and wonder for example mm -hmm. I've been that kind of person all my life I've been really awestruck by the experience of of fly, flying so that's one of the ambivalences in, in, in my life currently I've reduced fl flying but I haven't stopped completely flying especially for work related reasons so uh, when getting, getting on a plane there is well, I, I feel the responsibility and we can we will la later go into mm -hmm. those dynamics more but there's also the, the awe and wonder and all the aesthetic feelings about how does it look look like when, when you when you are above above the earth yeah let's so let's hold on to those because yes I'm, I'm feeling you know there's a sense of freedom to travel there's a sense of liberation there's this, obviously a sense of adventure it's fashionable you know part of the I know when I was first able to to travel and travel to different countries when I was younger in my twenties. Luckily I worked, well, I worked for a company that I was able to travel when I was in college. And so I felt very fashionable, felt like that was kind of like a jet set kind of international kind of feeling, you know, tapping into that, that sense. So there's, there's a lot of really beautiful feelings here around travel and also flight, the beauty of flight. Um, I used to have a poem on my wall when I was a child called High Flight. Mm. It's a, fl a poem about flying um, in, the old, in the olden days. Um, I thought about being a pilot even when I was younger and dreamed about being a pilot. So 
So there's a there's a beauty and wonder about the actual human flight. And then of course all the broadening aspects of travel and how it changes us and how you, you wouldn't you and I wouldn't be the same people if we hadn't had the travel experiences mm. that we had in our lives. Mm. And so um yeah. young people are driven driven to travel. They want to expand themselves. Um so there's there's that that impulse. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And my preferred faster than human speed form of travel is trains and of mm. course in Europe doing an interrail train voyage is is part of many people's history and that was one of my transformative journeys when I was I, I, I was young but it, that's not so easily available for ev- everyone e- either and a travel writer made an interesting point that there's a vast literature about train travel, mm. but there's actually very, very few books about air travel. Mm. I'm not sure if he's completely right, but at least the percentage seems to be that there's even more with trains. But anyway, going going back to back to flying, although for climate ethical reasons, the interrailing system has been gaining in popularity in Europe, and mm-hmm. some some fin, Finns are doing a bit more arduous tracks by f- first taking the, the ferry to Stockholm and then taking the train to Denmark and then taking trains from Denmark to Central Europe. So, mm-hmm. so that's, an, mm-hmm. that's an option. But coming to the array of flight emotions or flight feelings, if we uh, say use that name, fear is of course something uh, many people feel just because of flying the ethical dimensions of fear might be more complex like you know mm. fearing to be condemned by some of your uh, some of the people you know because you have flown would be in a sort of one one posi- position mm. i'm not sure how many people feel fe- feel that the guilt and shame dynamics are there all also but the word that you use, Thomas, ambivalence, seems to be very pre- prevalent. And this mixture of, you know, both being very relieved to be able to, to fly and travel, but at the same time feeling some kind of cognitive dissonance or affective dissonance and some kind of guilt that, you know, uh, there's a, there are these issues with flying also at the same time. But the human mind is complex and, you know, the, uh, a psychodynamic therapist once wrote about that perhaps if we make flying dirty in the ethical sense then we actually increase the appeal also because then it's sort of naughty thing that you can do and that adds to the general benefits and positive emotions mm-hmm. about flying but there's also a certain na- naughtiness so yeah so that's some to, some that come to mind yeah yeah so i mean as we unpack this, like all these topics, that's why it's helpful to get into them because, you know, people are have a fear of flying itself. It's scary for some people to actually get on a plane and fly. The idea of flying itself is scary, fearful. Uh, they feel claustrophobic. They feel trapped in the in the in the plane. They worry about crashing, right? So there's that. So there's there's it's there's a huge um, yeah there's a huge number of feelings that people have that we ha- we get used to flying and we feel like it's normal to be in a in a in a pressurized cabin thousands of feet in the sky um and then when you think about just the the sheer amount of flights that are in the air at any one given given time over the planet and and actually how safe flying is given given the amount it's just the whole boggles the mind 
the system there of all the people keeping all those planes flying. It's a huge industry. And yeah, the social stigma of flying in, in some groups, you, people might uh, feel stigmatized because they're, they're flying and it's not, it's not okay, feeling naughty. Um, some people have pride because they're able to fly and it's a reward and they feel good. Other people have pride when they don't fly and they feel like they're, they're doing the right thing. So it's, mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong here, but it just, I think for the listeners to realize there, there is a lot of feelings involved, um, a lot of different feelings. And some of them are quite positive and beautiful and we don't want to lose those. Uh, and sometimes, you know, getting to the solutions, you could travel in different ways that have a lower impact uh, and some of the greatest travel stories, again, are these very low-tech travel, you know, versus high-tech travel. Uh, so how to balance, how to balance all this sort of stuff. I mean, I'll bring in my, um, just an example. I was working with a young woman. She's, um, I think, about 17, and she was struggling with her flight issues because she's been a climate, she's very aware of climate change, and she's been involved in youth climate activism. Um, and she's also a dancer, a beautiful young woman who's a, who's a dancer and, um, she's studying Spanish. And so she was able to go to a Spanish language program and, 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 um, in, um, Central America for the summer, a very mundane kind of typical thing that people would do. And then she was able to travel to a, to a, a dance program, uh, a dance camp here in the U.S. Again, these are very normal kinds of travel that you know, 20 years ago, people wouldn't wouldn't would have just taken for granted. But for this young person, she felt very, very uneasy about the flights and the carbon the carbon footprint, and she feels very kind of um, tormented. I guess would be the word tormented yeah. by uh, her um, even having to drive a car. A fossil fuel car to go to her dance lessons uh, across the town you know and she wishes she had a you know a hybrid or an electric vehicle but she doesn't and so it's really important to realize that some people are tormented by this they feel terrible about it mm. and um you know my helping her to sort of honor all these feelings and then you know we I can talk about you know some of the advice I gave her, but it's just just to give a, a human story to some people, uh, and that torment word just kind of came to me as I was talking. But I thought that did justice to to some of the some of these really harsh feelings. What do you what do you think, Panu? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing sharing that and yet another example of the complexity. And on one hand, I see here practical eco anxiety operating because there is the eti ethical sense of of the costs ecological costs of flying but there's also a stronger eco anxiety if we use that word operating here uh, in in the sense that it's so strong that, that she seems tormented by it and you know the choice of car even on on surface surface and that's an, another very ambivalent issue because uh, electric cars have more of this purity stamp on, on them. But then when we go to the production details and all the rare, rare minerals, for example, the, both the social and ecological price can be quite, quite heavy. So even among cars, there's different things that we can take into account and then trying somehow to deal with ambivalence so that we don't lose our ethical concern and moral compass, but so that we wouldn't be 
paralyzed either by this situation. So that's some, something I think very mm-hmm. important for these these times and links with the social dimension also because there can be also feelings of envy for example mm-hmm. uh, there can be bitterness uh, and uh, there's possibilities for quite dark emotions here here all, all, also mm-hmm. yeah yeah so we got to learn to swim in these deep emotions because it is um, there's no easy answers there's no easy answers to this um i know with the young person that i was working with you know again i have my my sort of validate elevate create so i like make sure that people know their concerns are important we really raise them up and prioritize these environmental concerns because often these are pushed to the side we say let's make this the most important let's talk about this and then let's get creative about it you know what do we do i have a saying that i've used in the past it's kind of an acronym. It's it's U R O K. So it's U R, but it's R with a superscript of a three R three U R O K. And I'll I'll put it in in the show notes. Uh, but it, it stands for understand, reduce, reuse, recycle, offset, and be kind. Those are the those are the four mm. steps there. Understanding is kind of what we're doing now. We're thinking about this and we're learning about it. And that could also include doing research on sustainability and and different ways of travel that are less uh less impactful on the planet and understanding all the meaning of why we do this stuff and then reduce reuse recycle people understand that right it's like okay i with flights i reduce my flights i don't i don't use that many and i reuse them in the sense of i i choose my flights wisely and i do a number of things when i'm taking a flight and um the new version of of reduce reuse recycle also includes refuse and resist Mm right and revision so you can you can you can you can refuse to fly you can resist it you can even protest about flight there's a lot of things to do here and then the offset what we can't reduce reuse recycle or resist or refuse we we try to offset in some way and that gets into travel offsets or carbon offsets which i'm a i'm a i'm a fan of i like to use carbon offsets when i every time i fly i i and i've done this for oh well over a decade now um I get carbon offsets for all my flights, which is a which is a way of paying a small amount of money to fund a project that offsets the carbon impacts from the mileage of my flight. You know, the Earth is a system, so if I emit carbon in one place, if I if I find a way to sequester carbon or reduce carbon in another part, it, it balances out. That's a larger concept, and I can put some links in the show notes. But I I. I know that's well possibly controversial or people disagree about the use of offsets but i think when you've done everything else that's when they are a tool to to really do something if you have to fly and then be kind is the k is be kind to yourself because it's difficult there's no easy system here so try to be kind to yourself and others that's kind of how i helped this young woman to think about it and it was it was helpful for her um to put this into perspective mm. yeah good to good to hear that it helped helped her and carbon offsetting is a familiar theme for me both in personal life and in in research it links with this religion and ecology research background because the concept of indulgences has been so often linked with carbon of offsetting 
yeah, that goes into into history and the old Roman Catholic medieval system of pay, paying something uh, as a sort of alleviation of cul- culpability and then there's different takes takes on that and uh, I, I personally think that it's m- much better than nothing and it can be a source of commitment and a kind of moral virtue to do it the way that many airlines do it these days is that they include a ridiculously small amount for offsets so I find that all too all, all too small and and the environmental science critics of the system have many valid points but still you know uh, it's important to try to do something and to try to develop these systems to be even even better so my sort of own take is that yes it's good that the system exists the standard forms of it need sort of individual uh, application uh, basically just paying paying more than the system usually asks asks you to you you to do and then keeping in mind that that doesn't cover everything but still if you make the decision to fly and there may be all kinds of reasons for that and your life situation always has a role there for example if you are you are a young person that might be very important for life development and so on so then if you do it it's no use wallowing in in guilt and shame for three weeks after after that that's not gonna help help anyone so what i'm looking after here is a sort of difficult balance between keeping our ethics ethics o- o- open to doing what we can but not not getting paralyzed either if we have to do ambivalent things yeah yeah and so you you use some really good language about wallowing so yeah we you know what 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 is the right course here i mean i personally struggle with with people that are too black and white i think offsets to me are a way to understand global ecology and understand how carbon system works and how sustainable systems work and when you look at what the offset programs do it it opens us into into carbon sequestration and mitigation and all these different programs um so i feel like it's a teachable moment i don't like the the medieval indulgence uh, comparison at all i think it's not actually accurate because that's a made-up system of people in in the church waving their hand over you and saying your sins are forgiven and a carbon offset is actually a technical act that you do on the world in a real scientific uh cause and effect way so in the middle ages if someone wanted to get their sins done i would say well okay go help the poor or do something and then that will give you your indulgence not just a mm-hmm. blessing and so i think that the carbon offset is more akin to helping the poor or doing an act it's an act Mm -hmm. that's the way i think about it so the important thing is that we take actions we take actions and this is very pragmatic and there's no we have to be pragmatic there's no perfect systems uh, you know as the to the listeners there's no system that's perfect right now we have to take action in a way that we can Um, and all systems can be cheated as well every system can be cheated so just because a system can be cheated doesn't mean we shouldn't use it if we're using it in good faith right but that's part of the problem with our dilemma in the world is that people look at all the ways that things are going wrong and can be cheated and i think that's part of the fossil fuel propaganda is to is to leave people powerless and hopeless so they just stay with the status quo which is using fossil fuels so it's really not ethically okay to not do something. I really think you need to be doing something. We need to be doing something, but there's a lot of different things to do. Uh, and we shouldn't argue 
amongst ourselves as much as take the actions we think are helpful and learn from them and keep learning. You know, that's what it, what it comes down to at the end of the day. But it's, it's a touchy topic. You know, ultimately all these topics get down to very deep feelings about what's, what's right and what is wrong and, and what our ethics are. So again, we have to be kind. That's why it's important to be kind, remind ourselves to be kind to ourselves. Cause <laughs> as I was writing the notes for this, uh, you know, everybody's permanently pissed off, as I said about climate. Everybody's angry. We're all angry about this issue. We're all frustrated about it. All of us that care, we're frustrated because it's not working well. And it's easy for that anger and frustration to be pushed onto others that are even trying to work, uh, you know, on the same team. Mm-hmm. So it, that's part of that larger complexity. Um, so yeah, anger, frustration goes into the into the uh, into the mix. Yeah, that's true, and 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 sa- sadness also. Some people might feel sadness yeah. because they have given up flying, and some people just feel sadness because it has become a disputed issue, and it is linked with the family dynamics that we discuss in other episodes. So there may be family disagreements about a a gathering of relatives to an, another country and that sort mm. of thing. So there may be various things but you know on on airplanes there's sometimes the the turbulence warning so perhaps we need before air, airports or, or even newspapers a sort of ambivalence warning that you know flying flying and so amb- ambivalence expected yeah turbulence there's it's turbulent and again that's why we have this podcast is because people don't talk about this there's nothing at the airport there's no kiosk at the airport with a counselor to help you uh, work through your ambivalence about all the systems at the airport um and of course there's a whole other issue in the u.s at airports with all the security and all the kind of um kind of governmental surveillance that's a whole nother issue um so it's a it's a fraught uh complicated area that we have to kind of go through hell to get to our our uh paradise um of uh of travel and visiting our family people we love and seeing beautiful places um but just listeners just think about this it's about it's about trying to learn and take action so this idea of understand Reduce, reuse, recycle, resist, refuse. Tr- look into off carbon offsets, uh, which I'm I'm happy to talk about if anyone reaches out to me. Um, and being kind. Um, there's a lot of uh, feelings here, uh, and I hope we I hope we were able to open up um, just some. And listeners, if you have thoughts or questions, you can pop us an email. You can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com. And please support us so we can keep bringing these important discussions to you. Pano, do you have some uh, good evening things to go to? Well, uh, the sky is clearing out. It has been rain, so mm. probably gonna take a take a walk before the usual Monday Monday evening evening sauna. And Thomas, you have the day ahead ahead of you. So yeah, I have the day ahead of me, and we're actually coming into holiday, uh, and I'm very glad that I am not. Um, at an airport today or flying because it's one of the very busy busy days of of travel and in the u.s and um a lot of people are stuck and trying to get to get to beautiful places and get to the people they love so i wish them safety uh on their travels both emotionally and physically and uh listeners you take care and again you can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com take care The Climate Change and Happiness podcast is a self-funded volunteer effort. 
Please support us so we can keep bringing you messages of coping and thriving. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com.